Breakfast from Scotston. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly, the official Glasgow Warriors Club podcast. There is no Adam Ash this week, he is still in Scotland camp. And as none of you care about my opinions on Scotland's recent internationals or what I got up to on my two weeks off, this is going to be a short and sharp podcast. Later on, I speak to Scotland women captain Lisa Thompson about their upcoming game at Scotland against Canada. But first, I chatted with lead performance analyst Greg Willard about the brains and the numbers behind the performances. Jack and Ashy with the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast. So I'm joined by lead performance analyst Greg Woolard. Greg, thank you very much for being my first choice and coming on today. Oh, you're welcome. Um, tell the listeners in layman's terms what being a rugby analyst, what being a lead performance analyst entails. Yeah, so basically a big part of my job's getting uh, video footage uh, on all position, uh, break, giving coaches key statistical information on ourselves uh, and, and previewing who we're going to play. So today I've been looking at Scarlets, that, for me that's now done, uh, I've given that to the coaches and we almost work about 10 days ahead of ourselves. So, so, you're, so you're never looking at the game on the weekend, that's already been done? Yeah, that's been so Obviously, we've had a couple couple of weeks off. Uh, so this week we play Cardiff. Uh, we're we're basically look at ourselves first. So we'll so is that how it works? Yeah. Right? In terms when you're coming up to a game, you won't really look at their weaknesses. You'll rather focus on your strengths or how? Uh, a bit of both. Obviously, we look at improving ourselves first. Uh, take what maybe didn't go well from the weekend before. How do we improve on that? But also looking at them, uh, looking at their weaknesses looking at their strengths and uh, how, how we, we can exploit that as a big part of what we do. And how do, how do you physically find that? You've got, you've got systems, you've got... If we look outside the office here, there are walls full of numbers and percentages and everything. How do you get those? Uh, so we, we break that down ourselves. Uh, we break that down through an element of coding. So uh, we look at both individually and as a team. So... As a team, we might look at different things like uh, how many times does a team turn over the ball and how can we exploit that. Uh, something Dave Rennie's massive on is our click, which is our turnover attack. We almost treat that as a set piece along with our counter-attack. So we use these numbers along with video footage to try and suss out what to do at the weekend. And you facilitate these meetings that the players sit in throughout the week, don't you? So the coaches will come to you and say, for example, we're looking at click this week, we need footage on the opposition and when we've done it well to go along with their presentation uh, yeah exactly so they'll come to me and uh, our coaches are pretty self-reliant uh, they, they do a lot of that themselves as well which is really good uh, from, from my point of view uh, most of them Jonathan Humphreys not so much <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah they'll come to me and ask do you have say let's call it a number to back up what we're trying to show or to back up this number mm-hmm. can you find this clip for us uh, so we work very closely with the coaches in that aspect of the game so in terms of the numbers you said earlier on what are there any specific stats are huge now we from my point of view we put out a stats graphic at the end of the, every game and Opta are very big and popular on Twitter in terms of the stats that they put out but what stats from an internal point of view are we most interested in from an opposition point of view something we can exploit and from our point of view. Uh, so if we look at ourselves, Jack, uh, 
we also want to play an expansive game of rugby here at Glasgow Warriors. So a big start for us is uh, looking at reducing the amount of turnovers we have in a game, uh, whether that's through uh, decision-making by individual players or whether it's through skill execution. Uh, so we have an average number that we want to try and keep it to around 14, 15 a game. If it starts getting above that, you know, teams want to attack off turnover ball against unstructured defences. So for us, that's a big, big stat uh, that we look at ourselves. And then from an opposition point of view, in terms of their defence, is there anything we're looking at? So I know, from an opposition point of view, I guess it's a bit different when you look at opposition. You know, it, it'll change week to week, uh, like we just spoke about. So... Let's say uh, we look at a team like Cardiff, who we're going to play this week. They they attack the breakdown really hard. So uh, from an attack point of view, uh, we can see how many uh, how many players are in each contact, and from there, you know, if they're putting two, three back row players in to try and steal ball, we'll find space out wide to attack them. Mm-hmm. How how much do we? Steel isn't the right word, but how much are we influenced by other clubs and other teams through yourself? You watch an awful lot of rugby. How much of that do you bring to the table and be like, this team does this really well, maybe we could try that. Is that a thing that happens or do we try and think of things more organically? Uh, again, a bit of both. Uh, I like coming with ideas, uh, maybe stuff in world rugby that I've seen elsewhere. So uh, I work really closely with the coaches that, maybe we're trying to exploit an area around guard shield day so I see a play maybe in super rugby that does that really well mm-hmm. so what I'll bring to the table is that video footage uh, of us uh, sorry of whoever I've seen breaking down guard shield day of an opposition and maybe highlighting that to the coaches to bring in that week and in terms of in a game like during the actual game do they rely on you to feed in what you're seeing or are you are you coding live how does that work yeah so we break down the game live and the coaches have live statistical reports that basically everything that we are, we're number crunching comes out in a live, nice visual for them. Um, and we try to relate that to the way that we want to play. So it's areas of the game that the coaches have highlighted. So let's take one area. Uh, we try to get over five phases. We, we always look at trying to back the way that we play and the shape that we play. If we get to over five phases, we strongly believe that we'll start breaking teams, teams down. Uh, when we do that so that's pick, handpicked by the coaches and I give that information to them live Talk a bit about recruitment um, you're involved in that side of things as well you'll be sent lots of footage lots of highlight reels lots of games you'll always be watching in terms of trying to pick out the next the next big thing the next un, unearthed unknown talent what do you look for what are Glasgow Warriors looking for when because I guess when you see a highlight reel, it's it's really easy to to be awed by an, by a highlight reel. But I guess you've got to look through that and look for other things. Is is there anything in particular that you you like to see? Yeah, I guess it's there's a few areas I like to look at. So obviously, the way the process works is we'll get sent through highlights packages from players or agents. And uh, for me, like you said, anybody can look good in a highlight reel. So. I, I try to use it to kind of suss out do people have certain raw skills that we're looking for whether it's uh, exceptional footwork into, uh, when they carry ball or whether it's like big explosive ball carriers and then from there I'll uh, I'll then go on to I look at games with different weather scenarios uh, look at games that maybe they haven't performed as well in uh, and try to back that up with statistical information as well 
to just try and get a much more rounded yeah can, exactly can you get a sense of Dave's huge on good men and the right culture can you get a sense of that watching them play no so if, I was just about to touch on that so um how, how you understand that a player will fit into this culture is maybe through word of mouth so you maybe then once you've decided look this guy's pretty good at rugby uh, you'll talk to ex-coaches you'll talk to ex-players uh, I, I know that's something that Dave Rennie's big on doing as well so just recommendations just making sure people fit into the way that we want to you know our hard working culture and well we've been in a scenario like that before where you know, somebody's been good. We've looked at him. He's looked good statistically. He's very good. Uh, and then through a recommendation that may- maybe he's not going to be the right fit here at Glasgow Warriors. First and foremost, we're looking for really good men, uh, guys that are going to come in every day, work hard, try and improve themselves, their teammates, and their club. So, uh, yeah, th- those situations do come up how much, not too often. How much do the players rely on you? Um, they're always encouraged to watch their own clips and clip their own trainings and etc. What does what does that look like throughout the week? Uh, I, th- I think most of the time they want to probably hang me rather <laughs> rather than uh, rely on me. But no, we work uh, very closely with the coaches. Uh, sorry, we work very closely with the players. Um, obviously, we're breaking down and cr- uh, critiquing them uh, quantitatively and qualitatively. And. You know, there are times where we do that and they'll challenge us. So I was going to say, have you, ever, have you ever had a row because someone's like, I didn't miss that tackle? Yeah. <laughs> All the time I had one with uh, Rory Hughes a few weeks back. Uh, he was complaining that uh, one of his offloads was... Uh, so we basically look at how... Uh, we'll take a, uh, a statistic, pass. so how well do you pass and catch? And uh, Rory Hughes had broken down the wing against Munster down the left-hand side and he gave this offload. And the offload went to hand, but it was about three metres forward and the referee said, play on. So he was having an argument with me uh, that his pass was of high quality uh, and I was saying that it was rubbish. So, uh, so Yeah, no, at times of, you do butt heads. But I think it's a good thing. If, if, you're, if we're measuring something and players aren't challenging you on it, then they're not trying to improve themselves. So the fact that they can come to us and, and challenge what we're doing and what we're trying to say uh, is a good thing. Uh, but ultimately, they'll always lose that fight. <laughs> Greg, we both travel everywhere with the team, home and away, um, but it might not be as glamorous as everyone thinks. Tell us a bit about our away day and how we, specifically how we travel to away stadiums from the hotels. <laughs> yeah, we, we travel with the, with the kit van. Uh, Dougie Mills is at the helm and uh, the two S&C guys always seem to get the front seats, which is a bit frustrating, eh? Like, Every week. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we end up in the back of the van uh, getting hit by ruck, rucking shields and tackle bags and he's got a wee he's quite old shiz so he's got a wee ramp that he has to push everything up so that ramp always seems to fall over and hit us uh, and he's always really heavy on the brakes whenever he can yeah uh, he's, he's quite funny uh, our kit man Dougie Mills uh, so when we arrive at ground uh, the ground uh, the security guy always comes up to us and is always asking oh how you doing and uh, Shiz, as we like to call him, turns around to them and always says, hey, we're looking for the Kingspan Stadium. Uh, do you have any idea where that is? It gets them every time. Uh, always like, you're here. <laughs> but every time Shiz is, he's <laughs> <laughs> And uh, nobody laughs. Yeah, they nobody never laughs. like it. Apart, Apart from, from us, us yeah, in the back of the van. Yeah, he, just, he, he loves it so much to the point that when we were, was it Montpellier last year, he learnt... The French. The French yeah, for easy. Learned. So um, 
Uwe Lestat Altred. <laughs> Facile! <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's not very popular at um, opposition stadiums, but, but we love him. No, yeah, he, this is the Glasgow Warriors <laughs> official podcast. Scotland women return to Scotston next Tuesday to face Canada, and you can still buy tickets to that game at scottishrugby.org. Earlier, I caught new captain Lisa Thompson on the phone, who talked us through her rugby journey. Um, well, firstly, congratulations on being named Scotland captain. How did you How did you find out? Um, I was in a uni project actually. Um, I was at a basketball game, and she had phoned me just to chat about we were having a players meeting and stuff. And then he just asked me like how I would feel about captain in Scotland at the weekend. Um, this is because we had a we had a camp pre early, um, and yeah, he just called me and I, I just stopped speaking for a couple of minutes. I didn't really know what to say. Really, um, so it wasn't something you were expecting. No, not not really. Go back to the blue. And who was the who was the first person that you told? Um, I, I told my boyfriend when I came home from uh, uni, and then I waited a couple of weeks to tell my mum and dad when I seen them in person. Um, they were over the moon for me. Amazing. So do you have any particular rugby role models, any captains that you're going to kind of base your, your leadership off? Or? Um, not really. Um, I hadn't really thought about that until sort of when we went along to the autumn test at Scotland, the guys game and stuff. Um, just sort of looking at like Greg and how they manage their game is that sort of thing that I'll need to work on. Um, just looking at how other captains manage games and stuff like that. And how did you find actually physically doing it for the first time? Um, it wasn't too bad in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't too many reasons for going up to speak to the referee or anything like that. Um, I think it was, it was okay. I think being at home, I think it'll be a completely different kettle of fish being at home and for our home crowd. Everyone's expecting more from us at home at Scottsdale so I mm-hmm. think yeah just looking forward to that So is that only going to be the real difference for you do you think having to speak to the referee or are you going to have to in terms of the way you play your game lead by example a bit more Yeah I think I think I'm that's been mentioned a few times is me leading by example I think that's the sort of player that I maybe am and um, I think as a defensive leader the past couple of seasons I think nothing's really going to change in terms of speaking to the group I think I did that anyway and I will just be to control the whole group rather than just the defensive side to make sure everyone's on task, everyone knows exactly what they're doing and everybody's yeah, ready for the game. Um, but yeah, I think just speaking to the referee and making sure everyone's you know in line and know what the referee's after. Yeah, yeah. So what's in the water down in Hoyk then? Why does it produce such good rugby players? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what's, what's down there, but... There is, there's a few of us up here now. Um, you know, it's just rugby country down there, isn't it? And you just get in from five years old, five, six years old, you're just involved in rugby and you're just immersed in rugby for your whole life. So I don't know, maybe that's just what it is. So talk us, talk us through your career so far. You've, you've played all over the place, haven't you? France, you're playing in England now. Yeah, um, I first uh, started off down in the borders, obviously. Um, played for Jed Minis, um, down at Langham from under 15 days. Um, I moved up to uni when I was 18, I uh, played for Edinburgh Uni for two seasons, um, then I got contracted and went out and played in France for a season, um, and now I'm back, back into uni, uh, trying to get my degree and playing for DMP Sharks. And is there a stark difference in the styles, like there is in the men's game, there's a real difference in the styles in France and in England in the Pro 14, is that the same in the women's game? Um, I think they're, they're kind of similar, I would say 
France is more of an open playing, everyone does everything sort of thing. Um, your backs, your forwards will both interlink, running, offloading. Um, England's perhaps more physical. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I found anyway. The bigger forwards, more physical. I think that would be the main difference, really. And am I right in saying it's not just rugby that you grow up playing? You, do you play some football as well? Um, yeah, I played football when I was younger. Um, I stopped playing that when I turned uh, 18 so that I could play um, senior rugby. Um, played football for Hearts when I was uh, 15. Oh, wow. So, so, but then you chose rugby, and then when, when did your Scotland debut come? Um, I was 18, 2016, Six Nations. Got my first cap against England. And what, what are your memories of that? Um, being so nervous for the national anthem, <laughs> standing there, watching your family and friends in the crowd. I just remember being so nervous for that first game, but feeling absolutely fine as soon as the fine, like, first whistle went. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was quite weird. Everything sort of disappeared, and then you just need to think it's a game of rugby. Yeah, just game face on as soon as the, yeah. the kickoff goes. And then, have you got any highlights since then in a Scotland shirt? What's been your What's been your favourite moment so far? I think the first first highlight was definitely being Wales at home, getting that first win, and however many years it was. Um, and I think also a sevens highlight would be like when we just came third in the Grand Prix series in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, in Poland in that last game, we took it right to the last final whistle, and everybody was absolutely burst and it's just that absolute relief that we'd won that game so how easy do you because you play a lot of sevens how easy do you find like slotting in between sevens and fifteens um, it's quite difficult coming back from sevens into fifteens I think going from fifteens to sevens is like a breath of fresh air get to run about the ball and hand a bit more mm-hmm. um, but coming back from sevens to fifteens is, is quite a change so many more people on the pitch you, you wonder how you ever score tries in fifteens yeah, when you're playing 15s, you've got 7, you think, I don't know how I'm ever going to run about that much. It's only 40 minutes, but you don't know how you're going to do it. But, yeah, it's great, it's great to be able to play both, I guess. So, you, so you've played at Scotstone before. What was what was the atmosphere like here? Oh, it's just great. Everybody loves coming to Scotstone. Um, the crowd are so loud. We can fill, fill that uh, stadium. It's just so loud, you can feel the crowd behind you because they're, they're so close to you. Um, and you can hear all, all the kids from the schools screaming along. It's just fantastic. Everyone loves it. And what kind of... Have you guys spoken about a particular kind of game that you'd like to play? Kind of Scotland under Gregor, now in the men's game, they like to play a, an attacking style of rugby. Have you guys got a particular style that you're trying to implement? Um, we're just looking to play quick rugby. I think in the past we've been... Like, before trade been a bit slower and one-dimensional I think we're looking to we're looking to play quicker rugby um, and yeah getting backs involved a lot more and yeah just playing again an attacking style of rugby and looking to move the ball and play quickly and then finally you've got Canada at Scottsdale next Tuesday what for people who don't know about them what kind of game do they play what are you expecting what are their strengths um, they've got strengths all over the park to be honest um, watched their game on Sunday against England um, they narrowly lost there uh, but they're a physical team, their forwards are physical, their backs are physical, their backs are quick, um, their forwards are mobile, they have, they've got strengths all over the park. Um, but we'll look to use our game and combat that, playing quick rugby, get to the edges, go to the middle, just whatever, whatever they give to us, hopefully we can combat that.
Um, but they are, they're a very physical team, a very, very fast team. Well, Lisa, thanks again for your time and, well, best of luck next Tuesday. No problem. Thanks very much. Thank you. The official Glasgow Warriors podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors Weekly. Tickets for our game against Cardiff Blues this Friday night are still available at glasgowarriors.org. And join us next week when Adam Ash will be back and we'll have another episode of Warriors Weekly for you then. The Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy.